If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm delighted to be back with you again. And this week, it's a solo episode. Not that I am short of people to interview, but I had something on my mind and really wanted to share that with you this week. It's about how this business is changing, really, and and I think it's it's as a result of of talking to a lot of new owners. As you know, I run a property management company and it's been an extremely busy year this year. We have taken on board a much larger number of owners than we normally do in a, in a year. And it just seemed like every week from from around the, the end of April, which is actually when most of our properties get opened up after the winter, we were getting up to 10 inquiries a week from potential new owners. Now, there's a, there are a lot of reasons for this. One is because the, the, the way the industry has changed is, is changing is bringing the concept of rental to a lot more people who are buying second homes, whereas beforehand they would just buy their second home and use it for their, themselves and perhaps let their relatives use it and maybe the occasional friend, now they are seeing it as a business opportunity. And, you know, I just on my lake, which is relatively small, it's about seven kilometers long, three kilometers, three to four kilometers wide. There are several hundred properties. And there's times in the in the height of the summer when we'll go out on our boat and and just do a, a gentle evening evening cruise around the lake and it's absolutely gorgeous and I'm always blown away that there's nobody else there all these cottages are closed up people are coming up just for the weekends only except one or two and those are the ones that I know are being rented and I can see that this is going to change over the next few years and all those majority of those properties that are being left empty during the week are now going to start filling up as people think well why not? Why not make some more income? So, so that's that's one reason. It's a little bit of a change in attitude about second homes. Uh, the second reason is that uh, Airbnb have have found their way into our cottage country areas. Yeah, I thought it was going to take a, a lot longer for that to happen than it did, but now so, so many people are when they go away themselves when they go to different cities on business trips or they take their family to the US or Europe, it's becoming more and more common for them to rent a property through platforms like Airbnb and Booking.com. And they're seeing that as a great vehicle for uh, offering their own properties for rental, particularly if it's just for a few days here and there. You know, it's not for the standard weekly rental that, uh, that we've we've been used to up here. And the third reason is that people are just too busy. 
they're just too busy now to to deal with doing the rentals themselves. And that's what I'm hearing a lot from these owners because I often say to them, you know, what what what's your reason for approaching a property management company? Had you have you thought about doing this yourself? Which is not trying to uh, to to move their uh, in- enthusiasm at working with a property manager to to doing it themselves, but it's just out of out of my curiosity, in fact, to find out um, what their what you know. It's part of our our goal finding process. We want to know what our owners want to get out of the business, and and for many, the response is, "I'm just too busy. I can't I can't cope with responding to all these." emails and requests and i'm worried the other thing is that they're worried about listing on airbnb and not being able to screen their guests uh, effectively now i know for many of you my listeners you don't find that screening is an issue and in many fly to locations it's not but here in ontario it's it's long been a tradition for people to go to the cottage, particularly for weekends and its party venue. And we are dealing with a lot more in the way of regulations now, calls for legislation popping up all over our cottage country region. So we have to look at how we can create a responsible environment for rental. And for me, that still is talking to people before they book and finding out what their what their purpose is of renting a property, what their what what their vacation looks like, and and if it if it looks like ten cases of beer and a party, then we probably don't want them in our cottage country environment because it's very quiet. It's 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 a very traditional type of location. So I know it's not the same everywhere, but I'm just sharing what's going on up here. So back to that, we had a huge influx of new owners who were wanting to find out about uh, our business, how we do it, what it what cost it is to them and what they can expect from it. And it it was interesting that I'm still finding some very traditional some would say archaic ideas about renting out a property. And this could very well stem from the fact that uh, Cottage rental, in, in inverted commas, cottage rental in Ontario has been going on for a century, probably. People come out to cottage cottages from the city of Toronto to to take a break from the heat of the city and come enjoy the heat of the country. Um, and but but of course we're we're on lakes, so everybody's coming out to enjoy the lakefront life. But the traditionally, and I think I've, I've mentioned this many times before, traditionally it was always a um, a very laid back type of process. You know, you come to the cottage, you you accept what's there, the moth-eaten old sofas, the tatty curtains, the smelly, dog smelly carpet and the mouse poop everywhere. And you arrived at the cottage, you cleared all that up and you had a great week and then before you left... Um, you scrubbed the bathrooms, scrubbed the toilets, did the floor, often washed the windows down and left it. And, and as people have often said, I left it in a better place, that I, better state that I found it. And that has been the traditional idea of cottage rental. 
And this is still in the minds of many owners, particularly those who have owned their properties for years and years and now have decided to rent out. And they're pretty shocked to find that how, how much things have changed. When I say to them, you know, you have to unload your, your tube TV and get a flat screen TV. And that comes as a shock. When I say that Wi-Fi is the number one criteria on every guest's list, and if you don't have a Wi-Fi connection of some sort, then you are losing out on the majority of, um, of the, the, um, the market. And what else do I talk to them about? About things like, you know, do you have a laundry? Do you have a washer dryer? What about a dishwasher? I mean, in some properties, it's, it's the, the older ones. You can't have these things. There just isn't the space. But they're still taken aback when I say that these can be deal breakers. And then one thing I say to everybody is that the number one criteria that even beats out Wi-Fi. Did I say that was number one? Well, actually, cleanliness is number one. There is no tolerance anymore for poor hygiene in properties. There's no tolerance for mold and mildew around the shower floor. There's no tolerance for dust bunnies under the beds or dead bugs in the windows or dirty windows come to that. Uh, it's something that cottage owners tend to completely ignore that people might like to stand indoors and look out the window at that lovely view of the lake. So I, I get a little bit of a shock occasion, a shocked reaction occasionally when I say, you know, you really have to clean the windows. So cleanliness is, is the number one. And a number of owners have, have looked around and said, but my place is really clean. And, and that's a tough one when I'm looking at, at the windows that haven't been cleaned for five years or, and, and the collection of dead bugs in the, in the sills. And they don't see that. That's not a part of, of their enjoyment of their property. The enjoyment of the property is mostly out on the water. So it's been, a, a, you know, it's been quite a challenging few months as we go out and look at many new properties. Now, I have to say we have a, we have a lot of new owners who are completely switched on. They are, they are just amazing at um, appreciating the value of hospitality and how important it is to, to be hospitable to the guests that are paying a very, very goodly amount to come and stay at their properties. And in fact, those are the only ones we take on now. We are in a position now, which is I'm very glad about, that we can very happily turn down the properties that we know are not meeting our standards. And we do it very politely and simply say that, that there are there are different demographics of people looking for properties. The majority of them do want all the bells and whistles. They want the cleanest property. But there are still a few out there who are seeking that old traditional style of, of um, cottage living. You know, they don't mind if there is, yeah, they, they don't mind if there's all the things that the other people do mind about, <laughs> if you get my drift. And, you know, they don't care about TV and they don't want Wi-Fi. But it's a very, very small proportion of the, um, of the guest demographic now. And that is something I've spent a lot of time explaining this year. 
So that was that was quite a long introduction to what I want to talk about today, which is really about the fact that we are in a new era of our business. You know, we've moved from talking about for us vacation rentals or cottage rentals. We now talk about short-term rental. It's a new it's it's the new catchphrase, I guess, STR, short-term rental. Airbnb has become a verb. We know that. We're going to Airbnb our property. I'm doing it myself. Um, we're building our new house in Huntsville, which is about two hours north of Toronto. And I'm custom building a two-bedroom apartment on the lower floor of the property. And we'll be renting that primarily on Airbnb because uh, I'll be living in the room upstairs. On room upstairs, Although we probably will, we will be putting it on booking.com. I'm going to be trying that out. We'll be putting it on uh, on HomeAway as well. But uh, primarily, I think we'll be renting through Airbnb. So, yeah, it's become a verb. The other thing that's changed massively, and it's something that I'm following very, very closely at the moment, is how the major hotel groups are moving into our space. They've got years of hospitality experience, and, and they have a strong competitive edge. And we have to keep that in mind all the time because... We know how quickly this business changes and and this could be something major that's going to be impacting us over the next months, years, etc. And the other thing is, is we've got to watch our backs all the time as regulations take hold. If you've been following what's going on, what's gone on in San Diego, you will understand what I'm talking about. But, you know, these these things are happening and I'm sure you can you'll you'll think of other changes, but all's not lost. You know, it just often just takes a different attitude. We just need to turn ourselves around, get into our vacation rental headspace and and look at it differently because we just can't afford to whinge and whine any longer if we want to stay in this business and be successful. You know, we've got to roll up our sleeves. We've got to embrace the changes and do the real work that's involved to adapt and evolve to those changes. We've heard these expressions before, we have to adapt and evolve to survive. And and we do. So I'm putting forward um, to, to my company 10 things that we need to do as we approach 2019. And I wanted to share those with you because some of those for us are, some of these for us are a little bit radical. And some of, some of our staff have been... Um, brought up, I guess, in the traditional aspect of the industry. And we're all having to move move ahead and look at the changes and adapt and evolve. So I'm going to talk through these 10 steps that we're taking to future-proof our business. So I don't usually use that transition to... Uh, <laughs> to, to introduce when I'm, when I'm doing a solo episode. But I thought, yeah, it, uh, that, that, that made a nice... Uh, a nice stopgap between that introduction and what I want to talk about, which is these 10 steps we are taking to future-proof our business. So number one, we want to be the best we possibly can be at what we do. Now, that's, that's not rocket science. That's nothing new. Every business does this. It should be common sense, but it's so easy to drop standards if it's not front of mind if it's not always at the front of your mind that you know how what can I do to be better at what I'm doing at this very moment in time what can I do to be better at marketing what about operations am I doing are we operating this business 
in the best and most practical possible way? Are we giving the best services we can to our guests? You know, this is about going the extra mile. And the more I started thinking about using that expression, be the best you possibly can at what we do, it it really focused my mind on, on some of the things where we're stagnating a little bit. Um, I, I look at... I look at some of the inquiries that, that, that come in and we give automated responses to and think, are we being the best at doing that? Should we be doing something different? Is there a way we can make our automated responses a little bit more personal so that when people get them, they don't think, oh, that's just another automated response. So that's just one tiny little aspect of our business that we're looking at under that banner of be the best you possibly can be at what you do. So that's my number one. To stay in this business, you've got to be the best you possibly can at what you do. These aren't in any particular order, by the way. So, you know, I'm not doing them in order of importance. I I did sort of try and order them up a bit, but it, it, it didn't make any difference because and so they're a bit all over the place. So number two, is diversify. And I've, I've mentioned this a lot. And I talk to, I see a lot on Facebook groups, particularly the Airbnb ones where, where they say, oh, never, never, never should you book outside the Airbnb platform. Airbnb are our, are our, you know, it's a cult. It can be very, very cultish. You know, Airbnb is the only thing that we'll ever use to market our property. Hey folks, putting all your eggs in one basket is fine. If you rent out infrequently, maybe you've got some shared space or you just have a small amount of time that you want to make available, perhaps when you go on vacation, that's perfect. Airbnb is perfect for that. But if you're a professional owner or host and you're in this for the long haul and you rent out a significant amount of time and, you know, if you're if you're renting out other people's properties, then the long haul, you need to diversify. And that means spreading it out and advertising on other platforms, looking at what else is out there and testing out some of these other platforms. So there are, there's the plenty of paid platforms you can look at from VRBO, HomeAway. Oh, come on, you know, you know them all. Um, there's, there's a lot of the local sites that are coming on board and and making some waves. And I know Michelle Totino is going to be listening to this and thinking, yes, you need to get this right. <laughs> and I don't have it right. So I will be listing a couple of the local sites and you guys know who you are. And I will list them at the end of the uh, show notes. But, you know, to, to diversify Take a look at what other people in your area, what, what, what are they doing? Where are they advertising? Are they getting more traffic than you? And it could be because that's what they're doing. But you, you do need to diversify. That is one way of evolving, moving ahead and pulling away from the confines of one single platform. Number three is, and now we're back into the property itself, is upgrade regularly. Everything wears out. Everything wears out, you know, from your can openers to your pillows, from lawn chairs to sofas. And 
technology is continually advancing. Um, we had uh, an Xbox 360 down at one of our cottages and the controller broke. My husband went to the local Best Buy and asked if he could get another controller for the Xbox 360 to get this sort of jaw-dropped expression. You know, Xbox 360? No. You know, th things have moved on. So, and it, I don't know whether it's because as, as we get older, the years seem to whiz by so fast. What seemed to be state-of-the-art um, a couple of years ago is no longer state-of-the-art now. So take a look at your tech, see what you can do to upgrade it. So what you should do with this, and this is what we're planning on doing and perhaps putting forward to our owners, is to schedule upgrades. Um, and, and I'm not saying schedule annual upgrades because some things don't have to be upgraded annually, but th some things do. Like every year you need to replace nonstick fry pans. You know, they really don't go beyond a year. And some some things, may, maybe your can opener. Do you know can openers do have a life? They don't go on forever. Well, of course, other things may last for, for many years, but you need to be doing a cons cons consistent check on all these things and, and give them a lifespan. You know, give your pillows a lifespan of maybe three months, um, maybe longer i mean make sure you're using pillow protectors that that does make your pillows last longer but they they do get flat and uninteresting after a while so look at everything in your property classify it uh in terms of when it should be upgraded and then make some lists for yourself plenty of resources online that can help you you know create an inventory and and apply some upgrade dates to them doesn't necessarily mean you absolutely have to upgrade on that date but those are those are the times when these things need to be checked hotels do this annually they call it the the pip the property improvement project so do a pip every every year and see what needs to be upgraded and improved number four know your customer to stay in business, you've got to know who your clients are and talk to them as if you do know them. I mean, I've done other episodes on personas, so I'm not going to go into that. But, I mean, let's let's take a case study of um, Tyann Marsink. And we talked to Tyann recently on, on the podcast about her properties. Now, she talked about three, three of her different areas, the properties in Branson that attract large groups so that's one particular demographic this large group travel there's the property in union missouri that attracts more business travelers because they're coming to the local industrial park and then her newly renovated properties in marthasville um, the larger larger one of which tends to attract people coming to events or the wineries uh, nearby so perhaps wedding guests and she markets that accordingly. And the small property is attractive to people who are, who are cycling the Katy Trail, which is a cycling trail which runs about 260-odd miles and passes very, very close to the property. So she has very, very clear view of who her demographic is because we've gone way, way past the times of just throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping it will stick and just marketing to absolutely everybody and hoping one or two people will come. We have to be specifically marketing 
these days to make a success of our business. So number five is to streamline, streamline all processes and procedures. Do you still have anything on paper? Do you still use paper to, no, paper calendars perhaps? To be successful now, we have to be streamlined. I I, I just did a webinar for Avalara Mylodge Tax, and I'll put a link to that. You can go and have a look at that webinar. And it was part of that webinar which was about buying and selling a property and how integral some systems and procedures are to ensure that you buy appropriately and then you're able to sell well. One of the part, part of that uh, webinar was about getting your systems in place and making sure they run like clockwork. So when you sell on the business, it's it's a package that you can sell on. So I think that's what I'm going with this little section on streamlining because we have to be on top of all our systems and procedures to ensure nothing gets forgotten or glossed over. We can't keep it in our heads anymore. I'm a great one for doing that. I just keep everything stuck in my head and other people, my husband in particular, gets so frustrated at that because I expect everybody to know what's going on when really you know th- there's no access for them to that information unless I open up my head and let it out. So use the best reservation system you can. Um, stay up to date with advances in email marketing and automations. In that way, you can stay ahead of your competition. If you're not doing email marketing to your guests from the moment they book to the moment they set foot in the property, you're losing out on a massive, massive opportunity. And and this is what I mean by streamlining because the, these things can be done automatically. It doesn't require a huge amount of, of work. So you can use um, systems like Active Campaign or MailChimp or Aweber or whatever is, is the current uh, email automation system or the email automation system that you like the best, really start learning that because this is one way to get you ahead of, of this competition. And that do it, in doing that, you're always in front of guest's mind. So keep that idea of streamlining. Look at all your systems and procedures and just ask yourself, am I streamlined? Could somebody anybody, if I fell sick or ill, could they come in and with half an hour of looking at your systems and procedures, just go ahead, take bookings and and be comfortable with how the system works? Because you never know what's around the corner. You never know when something is going to happen that takes you out of the equation, whether for short term or long term. And you want to be streamlined so that business can run smoothly in your absence. Number six is stay on top of regulations. I hope you listened to last week's episode with Megan McRae. I think she made it very clear that these regulations and legislation, they're they're here to stay and they're going to come piling in faster and faster over the next months and years. No one is safe from legislation and regulations. So, it's important to keep up to date, not only to what's there at the moment, but what might be in the hopper and looming on the horizon. 
you know and you can you can do this by by looking at uh, the minutes of council meetings where something may have been mentioned by keeping up to date with any newspaper reports that might talk about concerns around short-term rentals in your area because if they're reporting it in the media then it's going to happen at some point that some legislator is going to put forward some ideas on how to regulate the industry in your location. Once again, I mentioned San Diego earlier. The latest legislation has come as a real blow to many, particularly in Mission Beach, San Diego, where it said that roughly 44% of the housing stock is turned over to short-term rentals most of which are not primary residences. And the new legislation says you can only rent your primary residence. So effectively shuts out investors in that area. Now, the legislation is not coming into full effect until next summer. And I'm sure there's going to be a number of appeals, but it happened in different areas. It happened in San Francisco, for example. And it's very likely that these regulations in San Diego will stick. So be aware all the time. Number seven is increase your tolerance level. You know, if you frequent some of the larger Facebook groups, you'll find varying degrees of tolerance for a range of guest requests and behavior. One of the, one of the ones that always amuses me is, is the amount of posts that, can't, that talk about guest questions when guests ask a lot of questions and how irritating that is. And they begin to judge that person based on their level of inquiries, level of the questions they ask. You know, is it common sense that they should know the answers or are they stupid? And that blows me away a little because we don't know people. We do not know them. And we don't know what their knowledge of this market is, whether they're very new to vacation rentals or whatever. I mean, that's just one example of some of the threads that happen in these groups, which demonstrate the varying levels of tolerance that people have. We also know expectations are rising all the time and guests tend to be less self-reliant than they used to be. You know, they used to be able to do things for themselves, change a light bulb if, if a light bulb went out. We had one recently where a propane tank ran out, there was a spare, and the guest called and said, I don't do this on vacation. I don't change my own propane tanks. These you know, levels of expectations are rising. We also complain that you know guests don't read anything we send them, that they've got unreasonable demands, and... I hear owners saying that guests need to understand how these are our homes and they're not hotel rooms. However, we may have to change the, the, the attitude and the way we look at things. One, one of the reasons is, as I mentioned earlier in the introduction, that uh, with, with the advent of, of, of hotels coming into this, this space, guests are looking for the type of accommodation that they have experienced in resorts and in hotel-style accommodation or accommodation that is run on hotel lines. For, for some, it's going to be tough to make these adjustments and to really look at everything the guest comes to us with from a, you know, the, the 
customer is always right position. The face of what we know as vacation rental is changing. And if we don't increase our tolerance levels, we could find we are out of business in a, a fairly short time frame. I know that, that, that sounds a bit extreme. The, the, the pace of change is, is dramatic. And I think we have got to keep it in mind at all times. So number eight is my, one of my favorites, networking with peers and competitors. And you know how I feel about collaboration and networking and how important it is to help us succeed in business because we will succeed if we gain force in number on a number of, of fronts, you know, sharing ideas on how we can gain independence from the major listing platforms, becoming a common voice for fighting unfair legislation. And we, and we can do this networking by attending live events where you can meet peers and, and suppliers as well. I mean, one of the greatest benefits I find from going to a live event is that you get the chance to have face-to-face discussions with, with all these people who, with, with all these suppliers who prior to that, all you've seen is their flashy websites, which of course promise the earth. And some, in fact, do deliver the earth. Many do not. So at a live event, you get the opportunity to ask them the questions and to see how they answer and then add in your supplementary questions to make sure you're covering all the bases. And then, of course, you know, networking, collaborating by joining organizations. And the two main organizations now, VRMA, if you are a property management company of any size, then I would strongly recommend joining VRMA. And then, of course, Avroa. And I want to mention Avroa, the Association of Vacation Rental Operators and Affiliates, because, yep, I'm on the board. I'm the chair of the education committee. But I so firmly believe that it's important to have an organization that has your back. And that's what Avroa intends to be. It intends to advocate on the behalf of independent owners and hosts. And there is no one out there that does it at the moment. And there's been a fairly active thread on the Say No to VRBO group recently about the value of Avroa. And and I know that April Salter, who is the chair of Avroa, is doing a fabulous job in I hesitate to say defending it because it should not need defense. An association is an organization that looks after the interests of its members. And, you know, the annual fee, $169, I think is a very, very small price to pay for having an association that is designed for this particular group of operators. It is in its infancy it is growing, it's changing, it will be constantly evolving as we work out what our members want and how we can deliver to them. You know, if you have specific questions on Avro, or I'm more than happy to answer them if you want to email me directly or email Rod Fitz or um, April Salter, and we will give you very, very frank responses. Um, I know there's I mean, Avroa has gone through a number of different stages 
over the past few years. So I know there's a little bit of confusion out there about what it is, but just to let you know, it is now a non-profit association. Uh, at one point, there were listing capabilities there, but we do not list independent properties, individual properties. It's not a listing site. It's an association. So yeah, network, collaborate, get out there and talk to your peers and your competitors and grow your networks. And that will help you succeed in business no end. Uh, number nine is, is one that anybody can do. And it is becoming the go-to authority for your location. There's a couple of people who have done this amazingly well. And they do, do happen to be in the same, same area. And that's Nancy McAleer and Terry White. And they are both located on Anna Maria Island in Florida. But, you know, just go and have, I'll put the links to their websites on, on the show notes. Go and have a look at both of their sites they are both uh, becoming independent authorities on the Anna Maria Island area. So if somebody happens to get onto one of those sites and is interested in Anna Maria Island, you can find absolutely everything about it from the best restaurants for brunch to the best beaches to go uh, to, go to where the most happening bars are. That They're just authority sites. And they also happen to be advertising their own vacation rentals on it. I, I've mentioned many, many, many times on episodes over the years about how important this is and talked about going to Eleuthera about uh, a, six or seven years ago for the first time. And I found a site that listed that did this. It was the authority site on Eleuthera. And it was called beachesofeleuthera.com but listed all the beaches on the island and how to find them and even the secret beaches and lots of stuff on things to do and restaurants. And it was completely invaluable. I used that site as my guidebook. It was also owned by a vacation rental owner. Now, I didn't book his property because it wasn't suitable for the size of our group. However, I have mentioned that site to anybody and everybody who's interested in going to Eleuthera. And that's how being an authority in your area works. So, you know, take a look at Nancy's site, take a look at Terry's site, see what they have done in terms of creating content. Because this is the one thing that hotels can't do. It's the one that the, the big hotel chains can't do. It's the one thing that the listing sites can't do. Because they operate in so many different areas, they cannot be practically a local authority on one specific location and you can and that can stand you way way apart from the competition so number 10 i've come to the end of my list and this is one i'll be as i say this list is something i'm sharing with with my team um as we go into 2019 and I, I want focus on all of these things but number 10 I've just said it's it's called hold your passion because successful owners and hosts are passionate people. We're all passionate about what we do, about being hospitable to our guests, about going the extra mile, about providing additional services. We want, I mean, we'd all love to be a fly on the wall when our guests walk in and say, 
wow, this is amazing. But we can't always do that. But we know in our hearts that that's what they're saying. And we see it in the reviews and we love those reviews. And we passionately try to improve our properties and be the best that we can to instill our passion into everything that we do. Once that passion begins to wane, and it, and it's it it happens it happens you can you can be really passionate about your business but every so often you just heave that sigh and go oh is this really what i want to be doing with my life work through that find out what it is that's causing that and build that passion up again because it is having passion for this industry and for what we do as a host and owner that makes it worthwhile to us to continue and it makes it worthwhile for our guests to come and stay with us. So if you do feel your passion dropping off a bit, please sit back and look back on this list of of what I've talked about today and see if just taking on board one of these items and working at it for a few days, working out a plan on how you can implement some of these ideas. See if that helps to build your passion back again. Because it certainly did with me. I mean, as as we enter, and it happens every year, as we enter the high season in July, and the first two weeks of July are always challenging because we've got lots of new owners and, you know, everybody's testing systems and making sure that that it works for them. And there's some surprises that they hadn't realised. And we go through usually two to three weeks of of challenge. You know, late nights, early mornings, fair bit of stress. And it can it can wane the passion a little bit. Which is why I've developed this list now and we be starting to share it with, with with my team because I know it's going to build the motivation again as we go into the fall and we, we start looking forward to the two thousand nineteen season. So there you are. That is a list of 10 things you must do to stay in this business. And I'm not saying that if you fall down on one of those things that you're going to go out of business, but I think we've got to stay on top of everything. I don't think there's any room for complacency. We've got to be up there with everybody else because there are a lot of very passionate owners out there who are making some great moves in this business. And if you don't stay up to date and connected, you may just find yourself losing a bit of business, losing some traffic, losing some bookings and wondering why. Well, that's it for me for another week. I will be um, going back into um, interviews for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be pre-recording some because I am moving house at the uh, at the end of August. I'll be moving from my beautiful, beautiful home here on the river but going to an equally beautiful home that we've just finished building up on another river, which is, as I say, Huntsville, two hours north of Toronto. We have around two acres on the Big East River, which is not navigable navigable by boat, by motorboat, but it's a great kayak route. So I'm very excited to go up there. At the moment, it's a jungle, and I we're going to have to do a lot of landscaping before the winter comes. Um, but I will be talking a little bit more over the next few months of how I go about setting up the uh, the apartment that we have on the lower level. 
uh, as we start to think about marketing that. So you're going to be hearing more about that over the next uh, the next few months. So for now, thank you as ever for taking the time out of your day to listen to me. As ever, if you've uh, got anything, any comments, I'd love to see them on the show notes so other people can uh, chime in. Or you can email direct me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com. I'm nearly up to date with my emails now. So uh, let's hope I can stay there. As I say, thanks for joining me. And I'll look forward to being with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.